Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports of the Legend. Well, my co-host, McCauley Matthew. I'm, of course, William Mamo. What's up, Mac? How you doing? Hey, how's it going? Not much, man. Glad to have you on the show, as always. Glad to be on, as usual. Cool, cool. And uh, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to this episode. Um, you know, on today's show, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about the, the passing of Tom Seaver that happened, uh, well, i say about maybe two weeks ago or so, but I wasn't able to do the show this week. So, you know, I'll talk about that. Also, the passing of Lou Brock, the Cardinal Greats. Um, I'll also talk about, you know, what's going on in, uh, you know, in, in baseball with, uh, you know, the Mets and Yankees as the season is um, winding down in a few weeks talk NBA finals, you know, um, and the upcoming, uh, you know, series that are, that are coming up and, uh, you know, talk, talk what's going on in WWE and, uh, AEW. But, um, you know, um, most importantly, you know, we'd love to hear from you and the number is five, six, three, Nine 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 three five two nine. That's five six three nine 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 three five two nine. So feel free to talk about any of these topics um, and more. Um, we'd love to hear from you. But before you know, um, you know, I talk about uh, you know the passing of Tom Seaver. You know, arguably the greatest man of all time. Um, you know. We, we, you know, we definitely got to talk about, um, and, you know, basically yesterday was the 19th anniversary of, you know, the worst attack or one of the worst attacks in recent history, and, you know, in America. Of course, I'm talking about um, 9-11. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's it's shocking and kind of unbelievable that it, it happened 19 years ago. Feels like it happened like five years ago. You know the the unthinkable. You know horrible act that took away nearly 3,000 lives. You know, um, 19 years ago, uh, yesterday, to the date yesterday. And um, yeah, I still remember. 9-11, like if it was um, yesterday. I mean, well, I mean, the literal, I mean, you know, 19, you know, 2001 when it happened. Right. Even though literally it was, the anniversary was yesterday. But, um, yeah, I just remember um, I was on my way to school. And basically, before I left, you know, I, um, you know, I saw, I saw it on the, you know, I saw the um, 
you know, the tower. I, I think it was at the, I think at this point it was the first one that was, you know, hit. And at that time, you know, basically everybody was thinking, myself included, that it was just could have been an accident maybe. And then afterwards the the, the second one, you know, the second one hit and you know that basically cut off all 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 the you know broadcasting on TV. You know, I couldn't like watch you know regular TV for like a week because the the you know the you know once the towers came down it affected everything. But of course, most importantly, it killed nearly three thousand people. You know, and um, yeah, just trying to go to school. It was like um, it was it was. It was unfathomable, man. Like, I, I remember thinking to myself, like, how am I supposed to, like, go to school and act like it's a normal day? And, um, yeah, we had we had class that same day. And, uh, you know, our teacher, um, she basically was heartbroken because I think she lost somebody or she, her friend lost somebody. And, you know, that basically, you know, you know, school made the right decision to just end, end the, end you know, you know classes for the rest of the day, and you know we basically went home. I mean, what a horrible act, man. I mean, what, what's your what's your thoughts on, you know, you know the anniversary like yesterday and the actual nine eleven that happened nineteen years ago to the date yesterday? Yeah, it's you know always uh, heartbreaking to you know, go back and relive, you know, that very day, that tra- that tragic day. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, as you were saying, you know, we were both in college at that mm-hmm. time, uh, freshmen yeah. uh, entering college. And uh, I remember, you know, having the TV on and having the radio on, and then I see, you know, a plane crash into the tower and smoke coming out of it. I thought, okay, maybe it's just an accident, you know, or something, mm-hmm. you know? And then um, as I'm about to leave, another plane crashes. And then it, it's right then and there, I realized, okay, this is probably a terrorist attack. Mm-hmm. You know? And then it, later it was confirmed that it was a terrorist attack. And then you mm-hmm. find out later that both buildings, you know, were destroyed, come crash down, and causing thousands of people to lose their lives. Um, yeah, man, it was uh, it was a very heartbreaking day, you know. To this very day, I'm still shaken by it, right, yeah. by those images. Um, yeah, you know, I, I I don't like to I don't like to talk about that day too much, right. just because of all the chaos that you know that New York had to go through. You know, during that day, but uh, the unity, you know, that came out of it, you know, with New Yorkers and people from all over, you know, the mm-hmm. country united with New Yorkers and having sports teams, you know, um, uh, having the sports teams, the Mets and the Yankees uh, that year, just you know, I guess. Um, fighting through that through that time and Yankees making it all the way to World Series 
you know, and people all over the country rooting for them because mm-hmm. of what happened to New York and 9-11. You know, New York, uh, Yankees ended up losing the World Series, of course, to the D-backs, but, mm-hmm. you know, just the fact that the Yankees were, you know, at that point in time not seen as the evil empire, you mm-hmm. know. People were rooting for them because of what happened on 9-11. You know, that was a great thing to see, but I mean, just that whole tragedy and, you know, again, it's heartbreaking. You know, it's tough to go back and just think about what happened that day. But, um, you know, I'm glad right now that we're we're still like um, that, that we're honoring the firefighters and the policemen that were lost Um, today. You had the Yankees and Mets both wear caps um, in honor of uh, the fallen NYPD and and, um, New York fire department um, officers that were lost in that tragedy. So I, I, I think that was a great thing for MLB to finally approve that. Um, but yeah, man, it's, I, you know, I, don't, I don't have anything else to say. It's just, you know, these days, it always, that day, it always brings up bad memories, mm-hmm. memories that I don't like to relive, you know, so that's all I got to say about it. Yeah, I, I totally understand that. Uh, you know, thank you for, you know, sharing, you know, your, your thoughts on it. Yeah, no problem. I mean, it, yeah, it is very difficult. I mean, it's not something I really talk about, but yeah. But, you know, obviously when you get to this anniversary, you know, you got to pay tribute to, you know, the people who, who lost their lives, whether they were just innocent, you know, passengers or, you know, just innocent people in the, the three cities that were directly affected or um, anybody, you know, you know, especially like the first responders and you know everybody who was directly affected by losing a loved one. You know, yeah, I mean, you know, nine eleven's every day for them. You know, so you know, and to, to people are still affected to this day. There's, you know, unfortunately, people who are passing away from you know, diseases and cancers related to it. So, you know, and I, you know, it's still very fresh in everybody's mind because, you know, at the end of the day, we'll, we will never forget that day and we shouldn't. Um, and, you know, my thoughts and prayers, you know, go out to, to everybody, you know, especially the, the families of the people who are directly affected, you know, and, you mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, I mean, what else can I say? Um, next next year is going to be the, the anniversary of uh, 9-11. And, you know, kudos to MLB. You know, they're going to have Mets versus Yankees at City Field. And that should be, uh, that should be uh, just a, I guess, a lack of a better term. A very memorable um, game, you know, just having just a pre the pregame ceremony of you know both Mets and Yankees come together and you know just giving tribute to you know the the people who who were directly affected by this uh, this attack, you know. 
So, I mean, that's something, you know, that will be, you know, interesting to see how the, the ceremony will will take place. It will be a, a somber day and also, uh, I guess, a day of triumph of, you know, people, you know, coming together, putting their, aside their differences and just, you know, recognizing what's really important, you know, the people who, who passed away and the people who, you know, who are just trying to live a new normal, even when it would be 20 years later next year. So, again, my thoughts and prayers go out to the, you know, to to their family. Yeah, definitely. But, um, you know, shifting gears um, with, uh, you know, um, basically last week, or was it two weeks ago? I, I lost count. Probably was two weeks ago. Um, you know, MLB lost two legendary icons. You know, you got Lou Brock, who passed away, I think, this past Sunday. And then the Wednesday was, um, of course, you know, uh, Tom Seaver. And the ironic thing is that both men faced each, faced each other more times than anybody. Like, no batter has faced Tom Seaver. No batter has faced Tom Seaver more than Lou Brock. And no pitcher has ever faced uh, Lou Brock more than Tom Seaver. And, um, you know, it's just ironic that both of these guys – pass away so close to each other and not to mention um tom siever he told this story um on sny probably like maybe a decade ago or so and he was saying like uh when he played in the the 1967 all-star game which was his rookie year um you know he looked like a teenager so people didn't recognize him so as soon as he came into the game um Lou Brock, I mean, when I into the game, into the clubhouse, he had to show ID. So um, when he walked, you know, when he walked, after he showed his ID to get in, he, he walked into the locker room. Basically, the first person he know, who, who, who noticed him was Lou Brock. But Lou Brock didn't notice him because, you know, of, of that great rookie year that he would later win the rookie of the year. Basically, Lou Brock thought he was like, some, you know, um, I guess clubhouse manager or some fan. So he he basically, when Tom Seaver, you know, went to the National League um, locker room, Lou Brock was like, hey, kid, get me a Coke. So Tom, mm-hmm. Tom Seaver was, you know, um, thrown off by that. So he's like, hey, you get your own gleeping Coke. So then, <laughs> you know, so then afterwards, then afterwards, um, you know, um, Lou Brock was like, who are you? And he, and then um, Tom Seaver was like, I'm on the team. <laughs> so, you know, needless to say, um, Tom Seaver, he came into the game, uh, late into the game, I, I probably with extra innings. And Tom Seaver, you know, got the save, you know, against, you know, some of the toughest uh, batters of all time. And uh, ever since then, you know, him and Brock has had a, you know, a, a huge friendship. And every time they see each other in the Hall of Fame, you know, they keep mentioning that moment and Luke Brock, you know, say, hey, kid, you know, where's, where's, you know, get me a Coke. So, 
So, (laughs) you know, you know, it's just funny how just the simplest thing, you know, you look back and you can laugh on it. So, yeah, I mean, the the car and, and, you know, someone who's taking it hard is Keith Hernandez because, you know, Keith Hernandez, you know, if you watch the SNY broadcast is, um, he always gives credit to, to Lou Brock. Cause, uh, you know, um, Keith Hernandez, I think was a rookie in 75 and Lou Brock basically, um, you know, showed him the ropes, how to be a big leaguer. And, um, you know, obviously Keith Hernandez had a phenomenal career highlighted by his, uh, world championships with, the the 82 Cardinals, which obviously, you know, um, I'm pretty sure Lou Brock was on, on that team, you know, so so playing in the game at that time. And um, basically, no, actually, he did retire. Yeah, so, yeah, because he played from 61 to 79. So, basically, you know, uh, Lou Brock showed him the ropes and um, obviously Keith Hernandez, you know, he won the title 82 and then of course uh, got traded to the Mets at the training deadline in 83, which ironically was Tom Seaver's uh, last year with the Mets because Seaver got traded in 77 from 67 to 77 Seaver, you know, had arguably the best, you know, career for a Mets player, especially a pitcher. And then uh, he got traded in the Midnight Massacre trade in 77, which uh, Joe Torrey was the the manager uh, for the Mets at the time. And then afterwards, um, you know, he came back to the Mets in 83, which Keith Hernandez, you know, was uh, traded to the Mets that year. So, uh, you know, Keith Keith, uh, was teammates with both of those iconic guys. And um, and then, of course, you know, Seaver, after the 83 season, Seaver was left unprotected, and he got drafted by um, the, um, the White Sox and ended up throwing his, uh, his you know, getting his uh, 300 to win, which was a complete game um, masterpiece at Yankee Stadium, which, you know, he later – would uh, broadcast for them before he, you know, became a broadcaster for the Mets for many years. Um, and then, of course, another receiver highlight was, you know, showing, you know, a no-hitter in 78, the first year um, after he got traded. You know, so, yeah, both men had iconic, iconic, uh, um, you know, Legacy, you know, they're both, you know, world champions. And, um, yeah, I mean, they'll definitely be missed in the the game. Um, You know, Lou Brocky won in 64 and 67. And, uh, of course, Seaver won in in, uh, 69. But uh, the way they played the game, man, they were... And, you know, by all accounts, you know, the men they were on and off the field, you know, um, you know, what they did will, will live 
forever, not only in Cooperstown, but in the memories of the people who were fortunate enough and old enough to see them play. Um, yeah, no doubt. No well, what's, doubt your about that. what's your thoughts? Yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, two great players in MLB history. Tom Seaver, the real Mr. Met, not that, mm-hmm. not, not that thing that <laughs> runs around City Field that you Met fans call Mr. Met. The real Mr. Met passed away on August 31st. Tom Seaver, man, he's one of the great pitchers um, that we've ever seen. Um, you know, won a couple World Series with them. You guys, right? Uh, well, he uh, won. He, he won in um, '69, and he was one win away from winning the '73 World Series. Right. Well, yeah, but he but he got a championship. He got two championships mm-hmm. with you guys. Oh, oh one uh, championship. Well, a, a championship and a tennis. Okay, right. Wasn't he on the '69 and the? Oh yeah, yeah, just wrong. Right, right. I'm thinking for some reason I'm thinking of the Jets. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he won that World Series with you guys, and mm-hmm. yeah, and 12-time All-Star, three Cy Youngs. I mean, guys, mm-hmm. one of the great pitchers of all time. You know, no mm-hmm. question. On the three ERA, and it's just sad to, that you know he. Uh, you know, in his uh, just before he died, you know, he had uh, he suffered complications from dementia and COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. so that that was you know tough to hear. But yeah, I mean, uh, definitely be missed, and I know our Mets are gonna you know honor him in some way um, for the rest of the season um, mm-hmm. and going forward. Um, as for Lou Brock, I mean, you know, this guy was one of the great base dealers ever mm-hmm. in MLB. And when you talk about base dealing, I mean, this guy was like the, I mean, he set the, you know, he, 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 he pretty much was the, I don't know how, how to put it. I mean, typical. Yeah. Yeah. He laid the groundwork for base dealing, you know, he invented it. Um, oh, then again, I mean, you could say maybe Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb, Ty Cobb yeah. yeah Ty but, Cobb was, but he but broke I, Ty Cobb's record, mm-hmm. you know? So he became that guy that you, when you thought of base field, you thought of Lou Brock, mm-hmm. you know? And Derek Henderson. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Henderson as well. Lou Brock was, I would say, you know, the the, the, the main guy, yeah, that you think of when you think of base field. And, you know, he's the one of the greatest, if not the best, St. Louis Cardinals of all time. You know, mm-hmm. he's in the Hall of Fame right now. But, uh, yeah, he also, you know, in his later years, you know, he had his leg amputated from uh, from diabetes, I think, um, had some type of a, a myeloma. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's sad. It's sad that we two two great uh, baseball players, you know, um, had some uh, diseases that they suffered in their you know later lives. But you know, my condolences to their families. But they they will be missed. They will be missed. And uh, great baseball players, you know, Absolutely. gone but never forgotten. Amen. No truer words have been said. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play some uh, videos, you know, in honor of them. 
coming up. Uh, yeah, before, let me see. Yeah, I'm going to put the, 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 the C one, but before I get to, to Lou Brock, it, it's just ironic that, you know, um, Lou Brock defeated, you know, Ty Cobb's record, which basically, you know, Ty, Ty Cobb was a great player, you know, especially for the, for the Detroit Lions. But, you know, obviously the asterisk with, his, with him was that he wasn't a good person. He was a bigot of every kind. It was just, and, and obviously he, was a, he didn't want black players to integrate in the game. And, uh, you know, when he stole bases, um, that was, uh, you know, basically like, I think that was like just before, um, you know, the, the home run, you know, Babe Ruth and all, you know, Babe Ruth was, you know, basically took over the game with the, with the, with the long ball. But it's just ironic um, that, you know, a black player would surpass him when he clearly didn't want you know, black players to, to, you know, get into the game later on. Mm, yeah. But, um, yeah, my, my thoughts, my, my thoughts and prayers go out to, um, you know, the Seaver and, um, Brock family. But, um, yeah, let, let me, uh, uh, you know, honor, you know, the franchise, you know, Tom Terrific. Before there was Louis Syndergaard, or Jacob DeGrom, or Johan Santana, or even Doc Gooden, there was Tom Terrific, the Giants, Tom Seaver. Okay, can you hear that? Could you hear that? A little bit. All right, let me, let me play it again. Because okay. I just wanted to make sure that it's being heard. Before there was Noah Syndergaard, or Jacob DeGrom, or Johan Santana, or even Doc Good, there was Tom Terrific, the franchise, Tom Seaver. He joined the list in 1967 and went on an absolute tear. In his first season, he won 16 games and pitched 18 complete games with a 276 ERA, and it led him to National League Rookie of the Year honors. You have to understand what it was like to be a Mets fan then. It, it was an acceptance that the team was only 100 games every year. It was almost as though it was the first breath of fresh air the franchise had ever had. Two years later, Seaver won a league-high 25 games. And it was during that season that Tom pitched not just one of his greatest games, but one of the greatest games in franchise history. And In Game 4 of the 1969 World Series, the National League Cy Young winner pitched a 10-inning complete game to power the Mets to a commanding lead and their first World Series title.
but Seaver went on to four more 20-win seasons and won the 1973 and 1975 Cy Youngs, all in Mets, blue and orange. But things began to unravel for Seaver and the Mets in 1977. Despite a solid start to his season, contract negotiations quickly soured, and Seaver was traded to the Cincinnati Reds in what came known as the Midnight Massacre. The one thing was clear is that Seaver never wanted to leave, and they kind of forced his hand. At the end of the day, it was a, it was a real black day for the franchise. A dominating presence on the mound and a fan favorite, the impact of the trade reverberated throughout the Mets organization, and the team toiled in the National League cellar for a number of years. It just never should have happened. It set the franchise back years and years and years. And for Tom, it turned out to be a pretty good thing. After compiling five one-hitters as a member of the Amazons, he finally joined one of baseball's most exclusive clubs. And a catch. He bounces to first base. Treason has it. Um, 
that was courtesy of SNY. Um, yeah, he basically, unfortunately, I never got to see him pitch. But um, yeah, he definitely, from baseball, he would have been definitely the, the player that I would have loved to have seen perform, you know, in his prime. Now, unfortunately, I was too young to, to notice. But yeah, um, who who would you want to see? Like, a Hall of Fame player that you, you didn't get a chance to see? Wow. Dead or alive? Yeah, dead or alive. Of all time. Uh, wow. That that could play right now. Well, definitely going to be Babe Ruth. You hear so much about mm-hmm. Babe Ruth. Love to see Babe, you know, the Babe Ruth or, and, or Lou Gehrig, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, if they were alive. Um, yeah, th- th- those would be my picks. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I had a feeling you would say that. I mean, those are wonderful picks. Yeah, me personally, um, I guess like for you as well, you know, I like to see iconic players who, who uh, you know, won championships for my team, like obviously Seaver and, you know, obviously that same time period, you know, with the Jets, you had Namath, and then, of course, with the, the 70 and 73 Nick teams, um, you know, obviously Clyde, Reed, you know, the rest of the, the rest of the game. You know, it's been great to see them win that win those titles. And then, uh, you know, obviously, and some others, you know, I, I, I guess also would be Jackie Robinson. You know, him playing. Oh yeah. He was a base dealer. Yeah, and then you know like some other memorable moments, whether it's you know boxing, like Lewis Richard smelling, you know all those iconic moments that you hear about. Ali Frazier, you know oh, all yeah. those. Those would have been great to see. Um, but yeah. Well, you, I mean, then again, you can always watch highlights. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm saying yeah. like you could have like witnessed it front row seats. Oh, okay. I see. Obviously, yeah. like the you said, uh, Garrick and and uh, you know Ruth. I mean, obviously, you know there are some ar- archive stuff of it, but like, yeah, seeing those moments, like, you know, being able to see it, witness it. I mean, that would be cool. Yeah. But um, yeah. Let me um, before I move on, let me um. Uh, let me uh, show, play a, a clip of uh, Lou, Lou Brock, you know, courtesy of MLB uh, Network. Before we, you know, move on. Thank 
service-based runners of his or any era. At the time of his retirement, the speedster was 12th all-time in hits and had the most stolen bases in Major League history. To have him on a club, you know, as a leadoff man, that he could hit a home run, he could hit, steal a base, put a lot of pressure on the other club. Rocky with his job was to get on base and be wrong. With Lewis, singles like a bubble, possibly a triple. Lightning Lewis steals his first base of the series and then continues to third. Rocky can now run sound, I can tell you that. Lewis Clark Black was born on June 18, 1939, in El Dorado, Arkansas. He grew up in Collinston, Louisiana, where he worked most of his childhood on a cotton plantation. It was at that point in his life when Brock discovered his love of baseball. The only time he didn't get ball games was came right out of singles. So in the deep south, you had to wait till 12 o'clock at night, turn your radio on, then you get the cardinal beam into a little town called Collison, Louisiana. Just a year later in 1961. But in 1964, the Cubs were in need of a starting pitcher, so they sent Brock to the park. And that was a epic career as well. You know, he he beat the Yankees in seven in uh, '64, and then uh, three years later he defeated uh, the Red Sox in seven games in '67, and then he lost uh, to the Tigers, which was the I think it was the Tigers' first championship at that time. Let me uh, double check. But um, you know, an iconic uh, career. You know, they both will be greatly missed. Um, yeah, shifting gears. Um, yeah, your your Yankees are there. Well, actually, I, I stand corrected. Uh, the 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 Tigers won in thirty five, forty five, sixty eight. And, of course, 84 was their last uh, season. But, um, Mac. Yeah. So, uh, how do you feel about the, the Yankees bouncing back? Because they had a little dry spell lately. But, um, uh, you know, they won these 
at least three games in a row, they they, they swept that doubleheader on um, Friday night, highlighted by uh, Garrett, your boy Garrett Cole's uh, complete game, you know, seventh inning complete game. What's your thoughts about the Yankees uh, trying to bounce back? Well, it's uh, they uh, the last several weeks uh, Yankees have been playing very very bad baseball. I mean, it's been very frustrating to watch. You know, they started the season what six and what was it six and five or six? I'm sorry, sixteen and five or sixteen and six, and then to lose five of your last twenty or twenty one games. I mean, it's been frustrating, man. The hidden has has been off, pitching has been off, bullpen has been blowing games. I mean, you know, it, this season was supposed to be different, you know, and we were suffering from injuries again, you know, with players out and hitters just looking clueless sometimes at the plate. Uh, I don't know what to make of it, you know. Uh, we're fortunate enough that – you know, because of this pandemic, MLB has implemented the uh, eight-team uh, play that eight-eight-team playoff format in each league, which helps the Yankees because right now they're sitting in the seven or eight spot right now, which would be a wild card spot for them. So they're fortunate enough to still be in a playoff hunt because if this was just um, a normal playoff if this was just a normal season uh, they would not make the playoffs at all probably mm-hmm. the way they're playing but you know they're lucky enough to still be in it and hopefully with these remaining games um they can go on a run here you know they have won four in a row uh beating up on the orioles you know you you mentioned they uh they played that doubleheader yesterday they won the first game with garrett cole uh, pitching a seven-inning shutout. Um, and then in the second game, they won with uh, Tanaka pitching. Um, and today they won a close game, two to one, um, with Luke Voigt getting uh, the winning sack fly. And Luke Voigt has been our MVP this year, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy has like 16 or 17 home runs. He's up there with Trout in home run totals. Um, and, yeah, without him, I don't know where we would be. You know, because Judge is still out, Stanton's still out. Um, Sanchez, Sanchez has just looked like a bum at the plate. I mean, Sanchez can't. If, if Sanchez was was a pimp, he wouldn't be able to hit a a a, a possible. Oh my God! No, don't go there. Don't go there. I'm. Do not go there. Do not go there, dude. But oh. he can't hit anything. I mean, it's. It, it, I don't know what's going on, man. And some of these other guys aren't hitting either. They're not getting on base. So hopefully they can turn things around um, as the postseason years. You know, um, they've won four in a row, which is good. Um, but hopefully they can continue and you know get these players back healthy again, and maybe we can make a run through the playoffs. We'll see. But they have not been playing good baseball for the last month. It's, it hasn't been pretty to watch. Yeah, I mean you're right. The fortunately for the Yankees, this is a this is a weird season, and uh, you know this this new format 
playoff format, you know, it um, keeps the Yankees' dream of uh, winning the 28th championship um, still alive, you know. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll see, what, you know, we'll see what happens with them. Because, um, obviously, the injury bug has plagued the Yankees these past two seasons. And, uh, you know, the Yankees are, are doing their push. Well, fortunately from them that they didn't have last year is that they have a bona fide ace in uh, Garrett Cole. So, you know, um, we'll see what happens with the Yankees. Uh, they should be getting um, Judge and Stanton back eventually. Problem is yeah. those two guys have been injury prone. So, you know, Yankees got to keep these guys on the field if they have any chance of, you know, winning the championship. But, um, you know, shifting gears uh, to the other team in town, the Mets. And, you know, they've had a, they've had a bad year, you know. I mean, they've had some highlights, um, you know, the way they've played against the Yankees in a few games this year. Um, you know, they got the Rosario walk-off home run a few weeks ago. They blew um, some games, um, I think, in the other doubleheader and um, the other, you know, the other series. And then afterwards, when they played that one game um, series at City Field last week, yeah, they were on the brink of losing another game. And um, they had a big comeback highlighted by uh, Pete Alonso you know, hitting the walk-off home run after um, Diaz blew that game. But, um, yeah, the Mets have had some, you know, they've had a lot of, they've had, you know, a lot of tough losses, some beatdowns, games and stuff. Um, You know, they did win that game against the Orioles. They had a big comeback against the Orioles uh, the day they found that uh, Seaver, you know, pass away. I think it was the day afterwards. No, as a matter of fact, they won that game, I think, the day they announced Seaver passed away on the Wednesday. And then after the Thursday game, when Alonzo hit the walk-off against, um, was it, I think, Green? That was, I think it was against Green. Because I think, um, Someone hit a. It might have been Jimenez. Might have hit a home run to tie the game. Or was it? I can't remember. And then Peter Alonso, I think, hit a. You know, the walk off home run to. Um, obviously, the which was Pete's. I think first walk off hit. Not to mention, um, walk off home run. You know, in his career. But, yeah, this uh, this team has had some tough times. But the the only the highlight that they've had. This season was, you know, Jacob DeGrom, you know, um, on his quest for a third Cy Young award. And, uh, you know, he lead, thanks to his performance yesterday, um, you know, he's won his last two starts because the, the Mets have finally gave him some run support. I think they scored 32 runs combined in both games because uh, yesterday, um 
you know, Friday night, they, um, they scored 18 runs for him. And uh, Jacob DeGrom, you know, he, um, he had a, he struggled for most of that game uh, against the Orioles. Um, you know, they, they, the, the Mets were, they had like 14 men coming to the plate. They were, they were playing that game. They, that inning, I think it was the third inning or so. No, I think it was the fourth. They, they, um, the Mets, they were, they were at, at the bat for like over a half an hour. It was like between a half hour and an hour. They were just at the plate killing the Orioles. Like mm. it was, it was, um, no, actually it wasn't the Orioles. It was the, um, the Blue Jays. And, uh, basically, yeah, they torched, they torched the Blue Jays, um, and uh, they scored. I think the final score was like eighteen to one. So Jacob Degrom won his his um, last two starts, uh, thanks to the to the run support they had. Um, and uh, you know, as a result, um, Jacob Degrom he's now leading the 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 major league, well actually the National League with um, I think a one sixty nine ERA. I think he leads the league in strikeouts now. Um, and he has three more starts to go. Um, he ha- His next start is going to be on the 21st. And then his last start is going to be on the 28th because uh, he was scheduled to have three starts, you know, for the rest of the year. But they changed his schedule. They, sw- you know, they swapped him with Lugo. So now he'll have three more starts coming up instead of two. And uh, basically, the other competition in Darvish and um, uh, Bauer, they're they're scheduled to have two more starts. So yeah, this race is pretty close. And as a result of yesterday, Jacob Degrom got his 70th career win, which unfortunately, yeah, congratulations to him. Unfortunately for him, he should have got that a long time ago because. This uh, the Mets have you know prior to these last two um, his last two starts they haven't showed him any love whether it's defense offensively or even the bullpen but you know you know kudos to the Mets you know they uh, you know they they've been playing well these these past couple of um, the Guam starts um, you know the only person who didn't have a hit on Friday night was uh, Alonzo which. He's starting to he's starting to cool off again. You know he's been hot and cold this this season. You know he, he has moments where he, you know you see shades of uh, last year's um, Alonzo, and then there are times like he looked. You know these past couple of games, especially in Toronto, he's he's looked lost. You know, so he you know he he needs to wake up at the Mets have any chance of making the playoffs, which is slim to none, you know, because they got to jump over other teams. They got to get their acts together because basically they're a two-team, they're a two-pitch team uh, starting rotation with Stroman opting out, um, Syndergaard hurt, you know, and the rotation has been garbage, you know, Waka and and Porcello has been inconsistent. Gesselman, you know, he was horrible when he was in the rotation, but now he's he's his his season is most likely done because he has a fractured rib. 
and um, yeah, basically they they need they need their rotation to get it get their act together because this season is practically over for them. You know, so. Well, mathematically, they're not out of it. Oh yeah, again because of the eight team playoff format, you know, in each league. So if I like three back or so, yeah, if they can make a run, you know, anything's possible. Mm -hmm. Like KG said, anything's possible. Like who said? KG, Kevin Garnett. Oh, when when they won the championship? Yeah. Anything possible. Yeah, we'll yeah, look that up again. <laughs> I think I remember now when he he was winning the title. I think. Yeah, yeah. But um. Anything's possible. That's right. Hey, the Mets is the team that says you gotta believe. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But yeah, the 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 only championship the Mets was like they're gonna win this year is hopefully Steve Cohen, hopefully buying the team and then getting uh, 23 of the 30 owners to uh, to uh, approve of it. Because if eight owners veto it, then basically, you know, Steve Cohen's dream of owning his, his uh, favorite baseball team is going to be down the drain. And uh, if that happens, uh, J-Lo and A-Rye will try to swoop in and try to buy the team. And they made an edict. Um, they're not giving, even though they, they did a, um, a a press, you know, they gave a pressure that they concede, but right now they're, they said they're not giving up. So somehow if they, you know, if this uh, coin deal falls through and they get ownership, they promise that they will spend the team. They'll have at least a 227 million dollar payroll and they promise if they do not win a championship within a decade they will donate 100 million dollars to charity man if this was if the Wolfons would have done that man the charities would have, would have had a lot of money I mean, <laughs> that, that would have been the only good thing about the the, the Wolfons tenure <laughs> but um yeah we'll, we'll see what happens you know Hopefully, Cohen can go through with it, and he means what he says, you know, trying to be competitive. But to be honest, I just don't, you know, I'm reading stuff saying that they think he'll get the votes, but I just I just don't see it. I think I think all the National League East teams, the, the Marlins, the, the Phillies, the Nationals, the Braves, they're not going to vote for it. For a, a guy, you know, in Cohen who's reportedly gonna be, you know, the Mets version of George Steinbrenner, and then the Cardinals, the Dodgers, I don't see them voting for him either. And then you got the other competitive teams, you know, the Red Sox, the Yankees. Like, why would they approve of a guy who's gonna be competition to them if he is gonna really, you know? you know, bring them at some respect back into their name. You know, I just don't see it. I don't see, I don't see how, how these, these owners are going to allow the Mets to regain prominence. 
I just don't see it. Yeah, I don't know. You know, right now it's looking like I thought, you know, it was done for, for Steve Cohen, you know. But now it looks like, you know, he's the favorite to win this bid. So I I think he will end up winning the bid and being the owner or minority owner of the Mets. So it's going to happen, it looks like. Well, yeah, he he um he won the the bid, but the he has exclusive um negotiation rights with the Mets. Um, right. the rumors is, is that a deal is expected to be done soon, whether it's days or weeks. And if that gets done, which it should be, then in um I think November is when the owners will um vote you know, whether or not Cohen, they accept Cohen as the new Mets owner. And remember, if eight MLB owners out of the 30 MLB owners say no, then Cohen will be, will not be the owner of the Mets. And I just gave the reasons why I think he, he won't be, but, uh, you know, you know, like the Mets say, you got to believe. So hopefully, hopefully he'll get the, hopefully they can, he could come to a deal and um you know get you know get you know that these owners will be fair and give them a shot to prove himself and and give them a chance you know to to own the team and be you know just have a fair competitive um free agency you know and just see what happens let the best team win instead of handicapping the mets with owners in the in the biggest market who don't want to spend money you know, let's see if let's see if you know if he'll try to go after JT Real Muto. You know, let's see let's see if he does that and improve this starting rotation. You know, let, let's just see that. And um, I don't know what's making that noise. Maybe it's the Wolfpons trying to drill their way uh, to trying to keep the team. But hopefully that's not the case. I don't know if you can hear that noise in the background. But uh, heard a noise. But I don't know what that yeah. was. I think it's the Wolfpons trying to. <laughs> the contract, but in any case, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, let's go Mets. Let's ho- hopefully they'll they'll have you know they'll actually have a whole an owner that even a diehard Yankee fan in you, Macaulay, could respect that actually the Mets are actually you know relevant in this town again. So yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see, see what happens. But yeah. You know, um, then you go to, um, I guess, in, in other, the Islanders. Um, I think they're like, um, I think they're down 3-0, if I'm not mistaken, in the, the playoffs. Or did they get eliminated by the the, um, by the, the Maple Leafs? I know the, the Nets got eliminated uh, recently. And, you know, they had a... Which they had a they had a they had a um a, a very good run in the, the the playoffs, you know, but um you know the what you call it the you know the Nets got eliminated. Um, yeah, basically the um the Islanders they're they're losing the series two to one. 
and uh, they're going to play later today, Sunday, Sunday afternoon at three. Try to even up the series uh, there, and then uh, they're going to they're going to play um, game five Tuesday night, and uh, they're going to hope that the season doesn't end there and try to force um, uh, a possible game seven or oh well, actually they could they could um, theoretically let's see they could win it in um, six I think that yeah I think they could they could win it in six but um, yeah we'll, we'll see what happens this um, this um, the playoffs. Um, and then, of course, the other big news with the Nets is that uh, they hired uh, Steve Nash, which obviously he has a re- great relationship with Durant and um, and Irving. And um, yeah, we'll see how Steve Nash. Steve Nash, you know, he was a great player, and uh, we'll see how his relationship with uh, these two superstars will, um, will um, you know, come to fruition because, you know, Jacques Vaughn got fired after they got uh, swept by the defending world champion Toronto Raptors. And, uh, yeah, they got their, their butts handed to them this, that, that entire series, especially the last game. They lost 150 to 122. And uh, as a result, you know, Vaughn, he, lo- he lost his job. You know, he did a, a decent job with the, um, with the, um, with the Nets. Now they're going to try to work their magic with the Nets. Uh, yeah. What's your thoughts? I think, it's a, I think it's a good hire. Um, I mean, we've seen guys like Steve Kerr who have never been head coaches before, and they go into uh, – good situation, you know, where they have great players and they uh, end up turning the team around, you know, and right now it's set for Steve Nash. You know, he has mm-hmm. great players in Kyrie and KD and a young, a young, a very good young team. So, you know, on paper, this team should be a championship caliber team next year, mm-hmm. you know, so all Steve Nash has to do is just, coach you know that's it just write x and o's that's about it and then let the players do their thing so but i think it's a good hire you know he's he was a consultant with the words and he's a big analytical guy you know very smart guy so i think uh, it's a good hire i know a lot of people are mad because they feel like you know he got the job because of white privilege uh which was Stephen a smith's words um, but, um, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of good coaches out there, you know, Nate McMillan, uh, Vaughn, even Mark Jackson, who's still doing com- commentating right now. Um, uh, mm-hmm. but, um, sometimes you have to go a different route, you know, sometimes you have to go with the guy who hasn't been a head coach before, you know, we've seen this mm-hmm. in different sports, Aaron Boone, you know, mm-hmm. went from color, went more from commentating to head coach. Sometimes it happens. So, 
You know, Steve Nash could turn out to be a great head coach. Well, you know, time won't tell. But uh, I'm not, you know, it was a bit of a surprise, but, you know, it wasn't shocking that he got the job. You know, so he, he knows he's a basketball mind. So I, I think he'll do a good job with the Nets. I think what's, what was was shocking was that, um, was that, what was I going to say? Was that, um, yeah, Steve Nash came out of nowhere. He was never mentioned as a, a possible hire um, for the, the Nets. You know, you were hearing um, even Greg Popovich as a possibility. Him, Mark Jackson, you know, Brooklyn's own Mark Jackson, the Nick Great. Um, I'm trying to think of what other names I've heard. Um, yeah, there was, a, I think, Van Gundy, too. There was a lot of big names that were rumored to get the job. So, you know, Steve Nash, came out of nowhere. Obviously, you know, he, he was a great point guard. He has a, a mind for the business, you know. And, you know, I think he'll do a good job, especially with these, if these two guys can be healthy, you know, the, you know, this upcoming season and they buy into Nash's system, then, you know, the sky's the limit for the Nets. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. And, um, yeah, basically, you know, the Knicks, they, they got to win until – they pushed back the draft, I think, from the 14th, October 14th to the 16th. So we'll see what the Knicks do in the draft. Right now, the rumor is they're not going to just draft a point guard. They're going to get the best possible person. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And there's even rumors of Chris Paul getting traded to the Knicks. But um, he might even go to the Bucks because, you know, pair him up with the Greek freak because um, – Chris Paul, you know, he had a he had a, a renaissance this past year. You know, they, the the people thought they were gonna just dump, you know, the Thunder was just gonna dump the um, you know Chris Paul to another team, you know, to get rid of that salary. But now Chris Paul had a good year for that for that team. But um, you know, now Thunder is in a rebuilding mode. They fired Billy Donovan, and you know they're expected to. Trey Chris Paul, you know, which is sad for the Thunder fans. You know, they never got to see their their team win a championship. You know, especially during the Durant days. You know, yeah. so now they're gonna go through a rebuilding process. So that you know, that's that's messed up. And uh, you know, we'll see what happens with that. Um, yeah, let's. Um, Move on to, um, I guess WWE. Did you did you see you oh, saw before, on SmackDown? Oh, what you before done? before WWE, uh, the NFL season starts uh, later oh, yeah. today, right. and so you have uh, just the Chiefs. Bills. Yeah, the Chiefs kicked off Thursday night football by beating uh, Texans thirty four twenty. So Chiefs looks like they look like they got to repeat this year. Again, uh, but yeah, for the local teams, uh, Giants tomorrow they play. Uh, well, actually, on Monday night they play the Steelers. Monday night football. Mm-hmm. And tomorrow you just play the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. So I don't know between both teams. I don't know what to expect from both mm-hmm. teams. You know, this year, uh, you know, it's just gonna be an unpredictable, predictable year for both franchises. 
Absolutely. The only thing you could predict is that they both got two young quarterbacks, you know, trying mm-hmm. to, you know, um, they can continue to make a name for themselves. So, yeah. you know, we'll see what we'll see what Joe Judge does with the with the Giants and Adam Gates will do with the the Jets in his second year. Yeah. You know. But um. Yeah. Let's um. Uh, Oh yeah, I guess before I go to the uh, WWE, uh, congratulations to um, Naomi uh, Osaka for winning the, you know, the U.S. Open. Oh yeah, congrats! Yeah, I found out about that. Yeah, and uh, two-time champion. Yep, and there were, we all, we were this close to having a rematch between her and Serena, but Serena um, got knocked out of the the semifinals. Uh, but Osaka, um, she defeated Azarenka, uh, you know, to to um, win the U.S. Open again. And uh, she made news recently because, um, you know, she dropped out of, um, you know, some, um, you know, some matches and tournaments, you know, because, you know, she was outraged by the the racial tension that's going on in America, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know she, you know she said as a a black woman, you know, because she was, you know, of Haitian and Japanese descent, you know she, you know she felt outrage about what was going on. So she made the stand to, you know, step down. But you know, in this case, you know she, you know she won the title. So you know, congratulations to her. But um. Shifting gears, um, did you uh, see SmackDown? Uh, yeah, so, so SmackDown, uh, saw Raw, um, yeah. So uh, right now, you know, you got this uh, Bailey Sasha Banks feud that we've been waiting months for. Mm-hmm. That was a Happy. slow turn. I mean, my yeah, goodness. I mean, we were waiting for that for it seemed like a year. For that to happen. I know. At the same time, Cedric Cedric Dallas, Cedric Alexander. I almost said Cedric Alexander. Alexander. But oh, yeah, yeah, man, it, it, it took him basically like practically the same week, or you yeah. know, or uh, in a span of a few days, they both turned, finally turned at the same time. Like, yeah, you know, Alexander's with the hurt business. Yep. He's officially with the hurt business. They could have executed that one, that that heel turn better. The yep. Bailey Sasha Banks one was, was was great, you know. I mean, Bailey was justified because I mean Sasha Banks has turned on Bailey several times uh, over the years. Right. Um. So they did that one. They did that one great. No complaints there. You know, they didn't milk it for months. But other than that, you know, it was it was um it was executed well. The yeah. the Cedric Alexander, they should have did that months ago, because it was like, here's here's how they could have did a, a a better job. On Monday Night Raw, instead of the Hurt Business attacking him, and then Ricochet and um, Apollo Crews coming to his aid, it should have been, you know, Apollo or Ricochet getting attacked, or or maybe you know what it could have been Ricochet getting attacked. And then Apollo and Cedric Alexander comes to his aid. 
because it just doesn't make sense that he just got beat up and then a few minutes later he turns heel. It would have made more it would have made more sense to for him to come to the rescue of Ricochet Apollo. or or oh, yeah. Apollo and then he's like, you know what? I'm tired of saving these guys. For him to cut the promo, which you know he was saying like, you know, why should he risk his career for the for you know Apollo and, and Ricochet? But they literally just saved her behind like an hour an hour prior to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that 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 was the the only persecution I could think of from that from that heel turn because it should have been somebody else they they attacked and then he turned because having him get beat up and then get and then turn like maybe like 10 15 minutes later and then explain an hour later like oh you know why should you defend those guys like those dudes literally came out and saved you like i mean that to me they should have that's how they should have fixed that heel turn you know what i mean like he shouldn't have just turned heel after they beat him up on that moment cuz the seed was already planted like you know, MVP is always dogging on like you, you want to hang out with those boys and catering and all that stuff. You know, the seed was already planted, but yeah, that was just my my little my little nitpick of of the yield term. What was your what was your thoughts? I you know I think it has great potential. You know, mm-hmm. him. Uh, you know, um, uh, Lashley, um, Benjamin. Benjamin, you know, and MVP, you know, they have the potential to be a great group, you know, kind mm-hmm. of like uh, um, the um, Domination. Nation of Domination, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think they'll have the impact that Nation of Domination had, but they have mm-hmm. the potential to be very good. Um, mm-hmm. I do see them maybe even having one more member, you know. Yeah. Who knows? You could see maybe Apollo join later. Mm-hmm. So, but they have great potential. Um as far as uh, Bailey turning on Sasha, yeah, again, we've been waiting for that for months. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be all the way around. I thought Sasha was going to betray Bailey again. Mm-hmm. But this time, you know, Bailey uh, betrayed her. So mm-hmm. that was great to see. Uh, and finally, we'll get the match between them soon here. Most likely, at the series. If they're smart, yeah. they should wait until WrestleMania. I think it'll probably be a Survivor Series. I think you're right because they've been this whole year they've been rushing feuds, and yeah. feuds just keep going on and on. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think Rey Mysterio and Seth Rollins are battling each other right now, <laughs> in the street somewhere. <laughs> and like the, yeah. the feud never stops. Like, my goodness! At the, at the, by the time the feud's gonna end, he's gonna be fighting Rey Mysterio the the fourth or, or third. He's gonna be fighting Dominic's son. <laughs> Dominic Dominic Mysterio Jr. At this point, like, I mean, come on, uh, Dominic. Uh, him and his family gave a uh, oh yeah that uh, beatdown. That was buddy. That was... <laughs> they, they gave him a slave beatdown. I man. mean, they they really whooped his behind, man. That that's like the, probably the only thing I remember on Raw, other than um you know Cedric Cedric turning on Cedric turning on um you know on his friends to join the hurt business. Oh, I didn't. It was like watching Roots. Oh my! God. It was. Remember that beatdown they were giving him? You know. Well, man, yeah, it was a long time coming. I mean, it would have been even sweeter for a set, but you know, I guess we'll have that next week on Raw. Yeah, it's why just... didn't they do that to Seth? That would have been even better. 
Yeah, that would have been more of a a, a better a better um, moment. I know they wanted to mimic him, you know, Dom, Seth Rollins talk, trash talking, and sending him a message, you know, on the the TV screen, like like said it to him. But it would have been even sweeter if it was Seth Rollins if they did that too. Yeah. Maybe that'll be a Survivor Series matchup where they do that. Maybe I don't yeah. know. Yeah. This matchup is never ending anytime soon. This this rivalry. <laughs> My goodness. And then Becky Lynch is gonna turn heel and attack Rey Mysterio and Dominic for being up her or her um you know baby daddy, you know. <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, what was your thought on um, Bray Wyatt's new member? Oh, who's his new member again? Oh, you didn't uh, see? He was going to have some Pasquale, the persistence uh, parrot, but oh, um, he died. And then I think, whatchamacallit, um, the, I guess the buzzard ate him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Him. And then afterwards, um, he, has, he has Wobbly the Warriors. Which, yeah. Hmm. I don't think it's coincidence that he he looks like um, Roman Reigns' new um, <laughs> a, um, advocate. Yeah. <laughs> what were your thoughts when you saw that? I thought that was hilarious. I thought so too. Yeah. I can't stop laughing at that. <laughs> that was hilarious. His reaction, man, was um <laughs> at the end. <laughs> He's like, oh no! <laughs> that was, and they got him to be continued. Yeah, and that was really funny. Well, you know, with Bray Wyatt, you know, I feel like him and um, uh, not Bray, yeah, Bray Wyatt and um, and Strowman. I feel like I, I, they they've been like put to the side for, for yeah, the they have been. for some reason. I, I mean, they just yeah. lost the match at the last pay per view and. They can't even get a rematch for this upcoming class exactly. of champions. Exactly, yeah. They weren't even in the running. They weren't even in the number one contendership match. That doesn't make hey, any sense to me. Who saw won it? And uh, how did Jay Uso get <laughs> the number one contender? Not, not that like Jay Uso. He's a talented wrestler, but I don't know. He's in a few against Raymond. I mean, his his cousin Roman Reigns. It's, not, it's unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like, if he was fighting against another uh, another heel, I mean, obviously you'd still think he would lose, but maybe you think he'd have a little bit of a chance, maybe. But yeah, it it just doesn't make sense for for Roman Reigns to to lose to him. And Roman Reigns is just this this match is just gonna prove how sadistic Roman Reigns is that he wants to keep the title. That's all. That's all the it serves. I mean, the title even has to be on the line. It could have been just a match on SmackDown. He'd be like. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm just gonna show you. I'm the big dog. You know what I'm saying? And he just <laughs> hit him with the, you know, just bash him with the chair like he did with um, um, Strowman and 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 Wyatt at at Payback. That's all. Yeah. It did. There didn't have to be a title match. You know, you should have just fought somebody else with a title. You know. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. I, I don't get that. This why? 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 I mean, they could have saved that for later on, or you even just put it on as a an actual Raw. Not wrong, I mean, but, Smackdown. Uh, Smackdown, yeah. Yeah. Uh, why the next pay-per-view event? You I know. Two guys to the side. I don't get it. And this is what happened because pay, Payback 
was rushed. It was a week after Survivor Street, SummerSlam. So yeah. SummerSlam wasn't even like the, the big pay-per-view event. It was playback because it's like, how are people going to get their revenge the, the following week? Like, it was so rushed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that was just a horrible job. They rushed that, that, that pay-per-view event. There was no point to it, to rushing that pay-per-view event. Um, yeah, you know, Roman Reigns did what he said he was going to do. He, um, you know, he, um, he signed the contract live at the pay-per-view event, wrecked everybody, and left as a champion, as, as we all expected him to, you know. Uh, Keith Lee, he defeated Randy Orton, and then he lost to him, like, several other times, you know, including the title match a few weeks ago. And uh, Raw, Drew McIntyre, um, Claymore, um, Orton, like, three times or so after he made his return so out of the ambulance. Um. Yeah, that that's that's basically all I that I could think of. Oh yeah, the riot the riot squad, um, defeated um the iconics at the pay per view event, and then of course on Raw, they 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 went their separate ways. So that's that. Um, AEW man, the big news from from this week is that Miro, formerly known as Rusev, is. Uh, finally in AEW, as we all have predicted it to be. So congratulations to him. Yeah, good to see him back in a wrestling ring. Yeah, after he, he fooled everybody saying that he retired from wrestling, he was, threw us off the scent. We, we all assumed he was going to go to AEW, but then he, 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 um, you know, he um, poured water on it, saying, oh, you know, he's retiring. He's just going to do his videos online or video games videos online and all that stuff. So he, he basically, he's going to be Kip Sabian's uh, best man, you know, and, be, and you know, he, he cut a, a, you know, a promo on the, the WWE saying that, you know, 10 years he was reaching for the, the, the brass ring, the imaginary brass ring, but, you know, he told WWE, um, without any names and and obviously Vince McMahon, you know, where to put the ring. So now, you know, he's all elite now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad for him, you know, hopefully now he'll get more of an opportunity than he did in WWE. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So, yeah, basically um, all out Pay-per-view event, Joe, uh, Joey Janela, he defeated uh, um, Serpentico, Serpentico, I guess that's how you pronounce it, singles match. Uh, Private Party, they defeated the Dark Order. Big Swole, she finally defeated uh, Dr. Bird Baker because they've been, you know, having that feud for, for months, but they finally went toe-to-toe. Uh, Young Bucks, they defeated uh, Jurassic uh, Express. Uh, Lance Archer, he defeated uh, uh, Eddie Kingston at the 21-man Casino Battle Royale. And now Lance Archer has a future number one contender shot against uh, um, John Moxley, formerly known as Dean Ambrose. 
Matt Hardy defeated um, Sammy Guevara. Um, had Hardy lost, he would have had to leave uh, AEW. Um, this was an um, inter-company uh, matchup. The AEW Women's Champion, Akira Shida, she defeated the NWA Champion, Thunder Rosa, um, to retain uh, the AEW Women's Championship. Uh, Matt Cardona, formerly known as Zack Ryder, Scorpio Sky, and the Natural Disasters, which has uh, Dusty, Dustin Rhodes, formerly Goldust, and QT Marshall uh, against the Dark Order, which which had uh, obviously the T- TNT champion, Brody Lee, Cabana, Evo Uno, and Stu Grayson. FDR, formerly known as The Revival, with Tully Blanchard as their manager. They defeat uh, the, the um, you know, the former tag team champions, Hangman Adam Page, the former member of the the elite, and uh, Kenny Omega for the tag team championship of AEW. Uh, Orange Cassidy, you know, pulls off the upset, defeats Chris Jericho, Le Champion, by uh, not by you know getting him into the the Vada Mimosa as expected, pull off the upset there. So Orange Cassidy has two wins against Chris Jericho. And, you know, that victory basically is elevating Orange Cassidy's um, recognition and his place on the, you know, on the the card. You know, he's, you know, he's uh, getting, you know, getting some buzz after that. And then uh, last but not least, John Moxley defeated MJF. Um, and, um, you know, that match, he was banned from using the paradigm shift as a finishing move. Um, you know, all in all, it was a, I mean, I didn't see the preview, but the aftermath of uh, the, uh, you know, the AEW, it looked like um, it was a good, uh, you know, pay-per-view, even though I didn't get a chance to see it. Me uh, Matt, Matt Hardy, um, you know, he cut a promo uh, apologizing to his wife, you know, for you know taking that crazy dive that almost killed him. And he he promises that he's going to chase after a title, whether it's the TNT championship, which Brody Lee has, or um, the, you know, the... Um, AEW World Championship, which John Moxley has had ever since he defeated uh, Jericho many months ago. Um, oh yeah, and Jericho, he announced that him and um, Jake Hager, formerly known as uh, Jack Swagger, I'm saying a lot of formerly known as with the, with the AEW roster, but yeah, you know it's a good thing you know these guys are being utilized, you know, a lot better than they were in WWE. But uh, yeah. Um, Jericho and J.K. Hager, they're gonna form a tag team, you know, to go along with uh, their form their fellow inter uh, inner circle members Santana and Ortiz, um, as they're they're also gonna be a tag team, which will you know they'll fight for a future, you know, AEW tag team championship 
against uh, FDR. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, Do you still watch Impact Wrestling? Uh, no, I, have, I haven't watched it in a long, long time. I know um, uh, Eric Young, he won the title at a pay-per-view event. I think it was Slammiversary. Um, he defeated Eddie Edwards, who, um, you know, they basically fought for the title because um, Tessa Blanchard, she she um, vacated the title when she wasn't able, when she didn't return to Impact to um, defend her title, you know, as a result of COVID and she wanted to stay in Mexico to, to get eventually married, which she did uh, recently. So congratulations to her and Daga on their wedding. But, um, yeah. So um, Eric Young, he's the new uh, Impact uh, champion. And uh, he, he's feuding with uh, Eddie Edwards. But, yeah, I think that's that's about it. You know, thing you'd like to say? Uh, just enjoy football season later today. Um, yeah, and everyone just stay safe and healthy out there. Yep, you heard the guy, man. Stay safe. You know, um, hope you guys have a wonderful and blessed evening. And, uh, or I should say morning, I guess now. So, he's McCauley Matthew. Morning, Ramon. I'll see you guys next week. Peace.